the annual Tatfield Cheese Rolling Festival by Summer of Spock Read by Literarian Summary Disgruntled newscaster Anthony Crowley is forced to cover the annual Tatfield Cheese Rolling Festival again. Only this year he's accompanied by a new producer who he can't seem to get his mind off even though he's swiftly realizing he has far bigger problems. Namely, the fact that the Tatfield Cheese Rolling Festival refuses to end. Chapter 1 Don't you have an umbrella? At the question, Crowley turned from his post, glaring out the glass door at the rain that refused to let up, and spotted a chubby man with cotton-blonde curls approaching him. He looked familiar. Oh, right, the new producer started today. He was bound to be an irritating one. From what Crowley heard, he was friendly. Didn't bring one. Aren't you the weatherman? The new producer asked, voice a bit teasing as he drew up beside Crowley. Now they were both stuck in the lobby of the news station, staring out the window. Doesn't that mean you predict the weather? I'm not a weatherman. I'm a current events and special interests reporter. Crowley replied by habit as he slipped on his sunglasses. Everyone called him a weatherman. Bloody irritating. The new producer was peering at him curiously, and he didn't like it. Besides, I don't personally predict the weather. The weather is predicted, and I read it off a teleprompter. Crowley growled, displeased by the drizzle and the gaze of the man beside him. He just wanted to go home. If he was going to do that, he needed to get to his car, and if he wanted to get to his car, he was going to get soaked. The man beside him laughed, a short gust of air out of his nostrils, and then smiled at Crowley. For a moment, the drizzling sleet disappeared, and nothing about the office building or the car park outside was grey. The only thing that existed was that brilliant smile. Crowley sucked in a deep breath. Well, you'd think someone who reads the weather of a teleprompter would be more prepared, the man said with a teasing scrunch of his button nose. It turned up a bit at the end. Crowley clamped down on the ensuing thought, cute. With a whoosh, Crowley found himself sheltered under an umbrella. Tartan. Tartan? Who had a tartan patterned umbrella besides little old ladies who did things like knit tea cozies and shoved two dry biscuits down your throat? Well, the man said, urging him forward with a press of his elbow against Crowley's arm. The umbrella teetered above him. Best get a wiggle on. Get out of the rain. Dumbfounded, Crowley let the new producer lead him out of the lobby to his car. They splashed carefully through the gathering puddles and, but for the water on the bottom of his trousers, 
Crowley didn't get a drop on him. Stay dry, Anthony, the man admonished before turning away. Another flash of a smile. It's Crowley, Crowley snarled to no one in particular. He slammed his car door shut and stared at his steering wheel. His heart was doing something he didn't like. Cranking the radio on, he drove away, happy to be out of the rain and one step closer to going somewhere he could be alone. You're going to Tatfield, B said, pointedly ignoring Crowley's ensuing dramatic groan. The newsroom was steadily emptying as the crew left for the night. The evening news had wrapped up and everyone wanted to hurry home and avoid the unseasonable cold. Not again. Not the bloody cheese rolling. Crowley whined, doing his best impression of a sick dog, wide eyes behind his sunglasses and throaty whimpers. Maybe if he wheedled just right, he could... It's local colour and one of our viewers' favourite segments. B pointed out as they waved a fly away from their steadily cooling coffee. Do you know the sort of ratings we get for it? I'm not cutting it so you can stop your whinging. There's supposed to be a snowstorm, Crowley said, desperate for a reprieve. Four years he'd been covering the blasted Tadfield Cheese Rolling Festival. Four years. And this would be the fifth. It never got more interesting. Please, it's March. We won't get a snowstorm this far south. Besides, you said yourself it's going to diverge north. I can't predict the weather. Crowley grumbled. But B wasn't listening, already pulled aside by Huster for input on some other segment or advertising or whatever the hell it was Huster did these days. He'd been at the station for years and Crowley still couldn't figure out what the man did. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to Tatfield, Newt said, coming up beside him and offering a supportive smile. Well, Crowley assumed it was supportive. Newt's smiles were always at least 75% nervous. You had to guess at the other 25%. Crowley wasn't in the market to care enough to guess, so he let Newt be nervous and mostly ignored the rest. A soft laugh drew his attention and he looked over to the reporter's desk. The new producer all soft blonde hair and twinkling eyes, was talking to the other anchor. Patricia, Crowley thought her name was. Not that it mattered. The pretty blonde ones always came and went quickly, on to something better before you could blink. The new producer was smiling at the girl and Crowley remembered the way he had smelled of homey things like apple cinnamon candles and wood smoke as that tartan umbrella had hovered over both of them, sheltering Crowley from the rain. Have you met the new producer? Aziraphale? 
Newt asked, breaking through Crowley's stupid, rose-coloured thoughts. Aziraphale? Crowley said, wrinkling his nose. What sort of ridiculous name was that? Maybe if he focused on the name, he would notice the other things less. Like how soft his sweater vest looked. Or how he made a bow tie look good. <laughs> yeah, B said that he's coming with us. Something about cutting his teeth on a live segment. Newt said with a shrug. Seems like a nice guy if you ask me. I didn't ask you. Crowley growled, steadily growing uncomfortable with the conversation and wanting it to be over. He'd already be stuck with Aziraphale for a day. He didn't need to spend any extra time thinking about him. Newt laughed nervously, 100% this time. <laughs> right, I'll see you in the van then. The worst part of the cheese rolling festival was that Crowley had to stay in Tatfield the night before. Stay in Tatfield at the Tatfield Inn, run by a woman who affectionately called herself Madame Tracy and who had no idea how to mind her own business. She was always asking after him, trying to see if he'd met a nice young man, as she phrased it, shoving tea and biscuits on him like she was his nan or something. Crowley hated her. The second worst part of the cheese rolling festival was riding for two hours in Newt's van. The boy had named it something stupid and every year he tried to get Crowley in on the joke. He told every new person the name and Crowley had yet to decide it was worth remembering. Besides having to be jammed in the thing with not one but two people for the two-hour drive to Tatfield, the van was also a piece of shite. The station wouldn't fork out the money for an upgrade, so they were stuck with this ancient, beat-up monstrosity with squeaky doors and heat you had to crank all the way up just to make it feel warm. When Crowley crawled into the horrid tin can that evening, he realized the third worst part of the cheese rolling festival was having Aziraphale sodding Aziraphale smiling brightly and chattering over a to-go cup of tea in the back seat. I brought you coffee, Aziraphale said, passing Crowley his own paper cup, fingers brushing his as Crowley took it. Crowley looked at it speculatively and Aziraphale added, B said you like your coffee black, but I picked up a few extra creams and sugars if you're feeling up for a change. Crowley did not like his coffee black. But that's what he drank at the office because he wanted to seem like the sort of person who liked his coffee black. Thanks, he grunted, slurping at it so he didn't have to talk. If he talked, he was liable to say something stupid. Or mean. Do you always wear your sunglasses off air? Aziraphale asked with what sounded like real interest when they finally got on the road. He was ridiculously chipper. Was he always ridiculously chipper? Crowley hated chipper people.
Yes, Crowley answered gruffly as he leaned his head back against the headrest and closed his eyes behind his glasses. Do you always ask inane questions? Aziraphale huffed from the back seat. No need to be rude. It was a simple question. Crowley grunted and took another slurp of his coffee. Great. His brain had the gall to be attracted to such a ridiculous person and then seemed smart enough to make Crowley be a prick to him. Bloody great. Do you think anyone will be injured this year? Newt asked abruptly, a clear attempt to break the tense silence. I don't know. Might make the whole bloody thing more interesting. Crowley said at the same time as Aziraphale cried, Injured? Crowley twisted around in his seat and smiled. The sort of smile that the big bad wolf gave the little pigs before eating them up. Aziraphale was soft. That much was clear. Crowley didn't like soft. He ate soft people for breakfast. He shouldn't feel this heat in his gut when he looked at him. His heart shouldn't warm. He should be chasing Aziraphale off like the last producer until B would finally get the picture and let him do his own damn thing. Picture 100 people chasing a cheese wheel down a hill. All sorts of limbs get in the way. Lots of little feet to trample. Last year, someone got kicked in the face. Newt added with a solemn nod. Lots of blood, Crowley said, still grinning, eyes searching Aziraphale's face for a reaction. Putting his money on it, Aziraphale's mouth should drop open in horror, or he should turn pale. Instead, all Aziraphale did was roll his eyes and then sigh in a long-suffering way. Maybe not that soft, then. You're awful. Is he always like this? Aziraphale asked Newt, who nodded. Whatever, Newt could dislike him. No one at the station liked him. It was just work. Crowley didn't want to be the sort of person who cared about work. He put in his hours and he went home where he could read his graphic novels or work on the cross-stitches that no one needed to know about. That was it. That was life. Well, I'm looking forward to this, Aziraphale announced decidedly. I've never been to the festival, and it sounds delightful. What? A bunch of lads getting drunk and running down a hill after cheese? Did you know it can go as fast as a hundred kilometers per hour? Newt added unhelpfully. Oh dear, that's awfully fast. Crowley scoffed. Who said, oh dear, unironically? I just think it's nice, the camaraderie, the tradition, Aziraphale said, sounding pointedly wistful, like he was trying to use positivity to shut down Crowley's cynicism. What Aziraphale didn't know was that nothing shut down Crowley's cynicism. 
it was never-ending. It's ten pounds of absurdly fast cheese. That's it, Crowley retorted, turning his head to look out the window. Don't be a spoilsport, Aziraphale said, the insult still somehow sounding kind coming from his mouth in that posh voice. Crowley hated it. Spoilsport, that's me. Crowley said, before falling silent and staring out the window. Enough team bonding for the day. For the week, actually. And if he was lucky, for a whole month. Tatfield was a tiny place. Some might call it picturesque, but not Crowley. Crowley didn't call anything picturesque. Even little towns with cottages on the outskirts, surrounded by rolling hills, with only one traffic signal in the whole damn place, controlling the non-existent traffic on a main street lined with little shops called things like Kitsch Finders, Antiques and more, and Agnes's Nice and Accurate Cheddars. There was a single inn which filled to the brim the night before the cheese festival and probably sat empty the rest of the year. Because who in their right mind would want to spend more than one day in Tatfield? I've got us all rooms at the Tatfield Inn. I know it's not five stars, but it's very quaint. Aziraphale said, leaning forward between the two front seats as Newt pulled up to the curb. The inn towered over them, its florid pink sign swinging in the wind, lace curtains in every window. Crowley wondered what would happen if he lobbed the rock at one of the windows. Probably not worth the yelling. After they exited the van, Aziraphale brushed past him and Crowley caught a whiff of that homey, cinnamon smell. He immediately wished he hadn't. It made him want to do stupid things like turn his head and bury his face in Aziraphale's soft neck, tuck his nose into that little fold of skin above the collar of his shirt. Instead of giving in to the strange and utterly unhelpful urge, Crowley resorted to his normal, taciturn behaviour and snorted, Say that after you stay here. Aziraphale frowned at him. I don't appreciate your attitude, Anthony. Crowley, he growled. Aziraphale pursed his lips. Fine, Crowley, he said with specific emphasis, like he found Crowley's request distasteful. Crowley ignored the way it made his stomach flop like a dead fish tossed onto a chopping board as he stomped up the steps to the inn. He didn't need to get Aziraphale to like him. He just needed to get through tomorrow. Each morning I get up, I die a little, can barely stand on my feet. Blinking away sleep, Crowley opened his eyes and groaned. 
He'd never been a morning person and he certainly wasn't a 6am as the best time of day and aren't I glad to climb a hill to watch people chase a wheel of cheese down it sort of person. Take a look in the mirror and cry. Aziraphel was probably that sort of person. Crowley could just picture him in his room, already awake and dressed and bustling around, probably humming to himself. Or maybe he wasn't all the way dressed. Maybe his collar was unbuttoned, the tails of his bow tie against his chest as he adjusted his sweater vest in the mirror. Crowley groaned and shoved a pillow over his eyes. He clearly needed a shag. Or a wank. Or something to stop this awful fantasizing. He was not a fantasizer. But I just can't get no relief, Lord. Crowley reached out to grab his phone off the bedside table and glanced at the screen before shutting off his alarm. March 15th. Just another day. He'd be fine. He'd get up, get ready and go about his day. And then he'd go home, take his paid time off for working a bank holiday and sleep until he couldn't anymore. He'd yet to meet that upper limit, but he was about to try. After a lukewarm shower, he'd never had a hot shower at the Tatfield Inn, he was combing his hair back into its normal style, ignoring the fact that he'd spent an extra ten minutes getting dressed, even though he'd put on the same thing he wore for all his field segments. Deep grey shirt, black blazer, black trousers. He didn't have anyone he was trying to impress. Not in Tatfield. Grabbing his phone and wallet, he ran down the stairs to the first floor of the inn, where he bumped into Madame Tracy. She battered her fake eyelashes at him coquettishly. Back again this year, Mr. Crowley? Got it in one. I'll probably be here every year until the end of time, Crowley said peevishly. What was the point of being polite? He'd made it fairly clear he wasn't a fan of Tracy by obviously declining every single one of her attempts to get him to share tea with her. Being polite now would be a waste of all that hard work. With a grimace, he scooted around her to grab some coffee. Not that it would make him feel less like a walking corpse, but there was something to be said for the placebo effect of hot coffee on a cold morning. Will you be checking out today? I heard there's supposed to be a dreadful storm, Tracy said, following him to the coffee stand. Unrelentingly friendly, as if Crowley's demeanour wasn't off-putting at all. What was wrong with her? The other patrons were happily murmuring around him, the dining room packed full of eager people here for the festival, all wrapping up their breakfast and heading out the door. Definitely, Crowley said, snapping a lid on his paper coffee cup. I'll be out by noon, don't you worry. All right, just stay safe out there, she called after him as he dashed out the door. He was running late. Not that it mattered. 
Aziraphale might chastise him, but the man already didn't like him. Crowley had seen to that the day before. Nobody liked Anthony Crowley, and he wasn't looking to change that. He was walking down the main street at a steady trot when someone shouted his name. Crowley? Anthony Crowley? The voice grated on his nerves, and when he looked back, he saw a woman with a slick black bob hurtling up the sidewalk to greet him. It's me, Mary Hodges. We went to secondary together. She said with the most energetically false smile Crowley had ever seen. Practically a rictus. It was the sort of terrifying smile that he should remember based on the sheer discomfort it set off in Crowley. But all he came up with was a blank. What are you doing in Tatfield? She cried, seemingly not noticing that Crowley had no idea who she was. Uh, I work on the news. I'm here for the festival, he said, pointing in the general direction of Devil's Hill. Oh, of course, she said with a conspiratorial smile. What was there to conspire about? If you're in Tatfield long, I opened a paintball course outside of town. It's awfully popular. You should bring by your news crew. Wonderful bonding experience. All right, Crowley said, just wanting to walk away and not have this woman smiling at him like that. Here's my card, she said, pressing a business card into his palm and giving it a condescending pat. Weird. Crowley turned around and walked directly into a lamppost, knocking his cup against his chest, where it crumpled, coffee exploding over his coat and shirt. Fuck, he said, throwing the cup to the ground. Ho oh, she cried, laughing. Watch your step. Trying to brush off the worst of the coffee on his coat, Crowley stumbled off the curb and headed towards Devil's Hill. What a shit day! And fixing to get shittier! You're late! Aziraphale huffed when Crowley finally arrived. I wanted to get the shot from the top of the hill, but this will have to do. We don't have time to climb all the way up. Right! Crowley said, trying to keep the irritation out of his voice as he knocked Aziraphale's hand away when he tried to adjust his coat collar. Aziraphale pursed his lips when he noticed the stain on Crowley's belly, but didn't comment as he shoved the microphone into Crowley's hand. Newt held up his fingers and counted down. In three, two, one, he mouthed, before pointing at Crowley. Uninterested in the whole endeavour and frustrated by the rapidly cooling coffee on his shirt, Crowley ran through the same speech he gave every year. We're here at Devil's Hill outside Tatfield, yada yada yada, for the annual cheese rolling festival. Maybe if he spoke faster, he could leave sooner. But Aziraphale was looking at him expectantly and... Damn it all, if that didn't make him want to do a decent job. 
The lucky participants are set to chase four kilograms of the finest double Gloucester cheese down this hill. First to cross the finish line or catch the cheese wins the whole wheel. You can see our master of ceremonies spreading the bakery items at the starting line as the contestants line up. There were a million things that were weird about the Tatfield Cheese Rolling Festival. One, chasing a cheese down a death trap masquerading as a hill. Two, that people actually wanted to chase said cheese. And three, for some reason the master of ceremonies was required to toss bread rolls all over the top of the hill. It was a strange enough thing that Crowley asked about it one year. No one had a good answer. Tradition, they said. Sodding tradition. Crowley stepped out of the line of the camera, like he did every year, and looked up the hill to watch as Shadwell, the master of ceremonies, dumped his basket of bread at the starting line. One errant loaf rolled down the hill and the hundreds of spectators lining the hill held their collective breath. Shadwell reappeared, cheese in hand. He held it above his head and shouted something Crowley couldn't hear. Shadwell released the cheese. The whistle blew and then all the participants were running, tumbling, whooping as they came down the hill after the cheese. Dirt clots and grass were flying up behind them as their breath puffed in white clouds and the cheese thundered down the hill. Oh my! Crowley heard Aziraphale breathe from behind the camera. It was the smartest thing the man had said since they met. Crowley watched as people tumbled down the hill, a few teens falling on their asses as they overbalanced. One kid, who couldn't have been more than eleven, tried to grab at the cheese, but missed. It rolled full tilt over the finish line and was quickly followed by a man in a red football shirt who dove onto his belly to be the first to pass the line. The crowd broke into cheers as the man rolled the rest of the way down the hill. Besides a few grass stains and must hair, he was entirely unharmed. He sat up and pumped his hands in the air with a victorious whoop. Meanwhile, the cheese finished its death run and smacked into the trunk of a tree before falling on its side with a thud. Crowley stepped back into the shot. Well, there you have it. Another joyous year at the Tadfield Cheese Rolling Festival. Newt cut the camera and Aziraphale was immediately at Crowley's side, taking away the microphone and saying all sorts of things like That was quite good. Perhaps speak slower in the future. I'm worried your speed might make it difficult for people to understand you. It's my bloody voice and I've heard it for years and never had any complaints. Crowley snapped, rolling his shoulders as if to relieve the tension there. If only it worked. He wanted to get out of here. And now. Aziraphale humped at him but didn't press. I'll see you at the van, Crowley said brusquely before heading toward town. Newt and Aziraphale could meet him there. 
He thought he heard them murmur something behind him as he walked off, but it probably wasn't important, and it was probably rude. The weather was growing steadily colder, and Crowley hadn't brought the right sort of coat. He was the first to admit he was a fashion-over-function sort of person, but in this case he was regretting it. He huddled near the van, waiting for his co-workers who were apparently taking their sweet time as snow began to filter down from the thick cloud cover. The weather isn't looking very promising, Aziraphale observed as he and Newt loaded up the equipment. Crowley rubbed his steadily numbing hands together and looked at the sky. He slipped on his sunglasses. It'll pass he said, before climbing into the front seat. Crowley was wrong. The further south they went on the M40, the worse it got. Traffic slowed to a crawl, and Crowley began to feel a panic settle deep in his bones when it stopped entirely. Snow was coming down in sheets, and the roads were white with it. The van's shit windshield wipers hardly cleared their field of vision when they finally stopped moving entirely. A traffic cop appeared outside their window and knocked on the glass. When Newt rolled it down, the man yelled over the wind, We're shutting down the roads! Too dangerous! Too dangerous? Crowley nearly shouted over Newt's slap and right into the cop's face. Isn't that our decision? Not anymore, the cop said, looking extremely unimpressed by Crowley's tone. Crowley felt a warm hand on his shoulder, and when he looked back, Aziraphale was giving him a sympathetic look. It's all right, Crowley. We'll just go back to Tadfield and leave in the morning. Did you have important plans for the evening? Crowley flopped back into his seat. No. Just don't want to be in bloody Tatfield for another sodding minute. Ah, Aziraphale said from behind him, the sound disapproving enough that it made Crowley want to turn around and explain himself. Or apologize. He didn't. He sulked his entire way through the evening, dismissing Aziraphale's invitation to the pub. Might as well make the most of being stuck and curling up in bed, feeling sorry for himself. Crowley just wanted to go home. Each morning I get up, I die a little. Crowley opened his eyes and groaned, rolling over discontentedly. The clock on the phone screen read 6 a.m., Growling, Crowley realized he must have set his alarm wrong. They'd agreed to leave at 8, and he'd had magnificent plans to roll out of bed at 7.30 and go right back to sleep in the van. He smacked off the alarm with a few messy slaps and tried to go back to sleep. Unfortunately, his bladder refused to let him. Crawling out of bed and grumbling the whole while, Crowley took a piss and brushed his teeth. Now that he was awake, he might as well get ready. A two-hour drive would be less disgusting after showering, anyway. 
Scrubbing the sleep from his eyes, he turned on the shower and sighed. Two hours in a van with Aziraphale and Newt. Newt he could handle. He'd been handling him for years. But this Aziraphale fellow was a new problem. Just thinking about him made Crowley's heart race and palms sweat. Aziraphale was just another bloke, Crowley reminded himself. Sure, he had sea glass eyes and feathery soft blonde hair and the sort of body that Crowley just wanted to sink into, but... Nope, bad thoughts. No thoughts like that about co-workers. No thoughts like that about anyone. Crowley was single and happily so, because alone was what Crowley was and alone was what Crowley liked. Crowley tucked on his coat and grabbed his suitcase before making his way down the stairs. He'd grab some coffee and be off. Back again this year, Mr. Crowley? Madame Tracy asked from the foot of the staircase. Crowley blinked. She'd been here yesterday when he checked back in. Was she going soft in the head? I was here yesterday, Crowley said, and Tracy gave him an odd look. Right, well, will you be checking out today? I heard there's supposed to be a dreadful storm. Crowley froze at the coffee stand, nearly dropping his cup. Was he dreaming? Was this just déjà vu? He put down the cup and pulled out his phone, thumbing open the home screen. March 15th, 7.02 a.m. No. No, 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 no. I don't know, he said, gaping at his phone as he stumbled to the door. It opened to reveal a bare street. No snow. Not a single flake. There were people on the streets, dressed in warm clothes and all bustling in the same direction. With a sinking feeling, Crowley rushed onto the sidewalk and stopped the first woman he saw. Where are you going? Out to Devil's Hill, for the festival, the woman said with a smile, before jogging to catch up with her friends. Crowley's stomach dropped. In a daze, he walked through town only to be accosted by Crowley? Anthony Crowley? He turned to see the same woman as the day before, Slick Bob tucked behind her ears. He pasted a smile on his face with some difficulty. What the fuck was happening? Mary Hodges? Oh, you remember me, she cried, and then she hugged him. Crowley froze. When was the last time someone had hugged him? Fuck, a year at least. He told himself that the reason his whole body cried out was because he hated it. Because he did hate it. Crowley was not the hugging kind. What are you doing in Tatfield? She said when she pulled back. Uh, just in the area. Work, he replied. 
Well, if you're in Tadfield Long, I opened a paintball course outside of town. It's awfully popular. You should bring your co-workers along. Wonderful bonding experience. Better than any motivational speaker. We've won awards, you know. Crowley said nothing as she jammed a card into his hand. He stared at it as he turned around and walked directly into the same lamppost as the day before. <laughs> she cried, laughing that same shrill laugh as Crowley's coffee poured down his shirt and coat, burning his skin. Watch your step! Crowley groaned, starting low and growing in intensity as he chucked his cup onto the street. This was insane. He was insane. At the base of Devil's Hill, he found Newt and Aziraphale setting up. You're late, Aziraphale huffed. I wanted to get the shot from the top of the hill, but this will have to do. We don't have time to climb all the way up. Right, Crowley said numbly, letting Aziraphale adjust his coat collar before a microphone was shoved into his hand. Newt held up his fingers and counted down. In three, two, one, he mouthed, before pointing at Crowley. Crowley held the microphone to his mouth out of habit and began to talk, the same speech from every year, from yesterday, falling from his lips by rote. We're here at Devil's Hill outside Tatfield for the annual cheese rolling festival. One hundred lucky participants are set to chase four kilograms of the finest double cluster cheese down this hill. First to cross the line, or catch the cheese, wins the whole wheel. You can see our master of ceremonies spreading the baked goods at the starting line as the contestants line up. Crowley stepped out of the shot when the whistle blew, followed by the thundering of feet as the participants crashed down the hill with the same mayhem and shouting as yesterday. And then it was over. The same man from the day before in the same red jersey throwing himself over the finish line in the same way. The whistle blew. Crowley dropped the mick on the ground and wandered away. Crowley! Aziraphale called after him, but Crowley didn't stop. What was happening to him? He heard a huffing as Aziraphale jogged up to him. You can't just wander off. We need to leave. We won't be able to leave, Crowley said, turning to him and not for the first time feeling bowled over by the sheer blueness of Aziraphale's eyes. Ethereal. What? There's going to be a snowstorm. Aziraphale snorted. <laughs> I thought you said you couldn't predict the weather. Maybe I was wrong, Crowley said. And when he went to bed that night, there was snow blanketing the streets of Tatfield. He set his alarm to good old-fashioned lover boy and hoped that tomorrow would make even the slightest bit more sense.